All right, good afternoon, everyone. Can I have your attention, please? Thank you. So welcome to the 37th Annual BEA Conference. This is the first workshop of the conference, so give yourselves a hand clap for just being here. Today we're gonna talk about some strategies on how to land the job, and the three of us are gonna tell you why we're a little bit qualified to tell you about this topic. And so I have two of my trustee panelists here with me today who say they feel like they're at a press conference, but that's okay. Um, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna introduce myself first and then I'll have the others introduce themselves as well. So thank you all for being here. My name is Shona Price. I'm the Director of North America Talent Acquisition for University Relations at Micron Technology. How many of you have heard of Micron? So I actually have some uh, Micron employees here with me today. Can you stand up for me and wave? Sister yelling. thank y'all for being here. Um, so what I do and what my team does is we recruit all of the interns and new college graduates into the organization from a North America perspective. And I also run the global diversity um, initiatives for our organization. I've been with Micron for only seven months now, but I do have some individuals that have worked with me at other industry partners like Lockheed Martin here in the room today. And so I'm also a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Any Greeks in here with me? Awesome. <laughs> and I love this job. I love this topic. I love everything human resources and excited to tell you more about how to land the job today. So thank you. All right. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Jacob Alati Jovi. I'm a VP of tech operations over at JP Morgan. I've uh, been at JP Morgan for about three years. Um, my role currently, I work with senior leaders of the firm, honestly looking for innovative ways to use technology to make life easy for them. Um, I work with several different groups within a technology organization within a firm. Um, so I love the way I can collaborate um, and be that bridge between technology and techno technical individuals and non-technical individuals. So it makes life easy for me. Prior to that, I was at Howard University uh, working as a supervisor of desktop operations and also a tech liaison to the executives. Um, and that's where I actually got my MBA. I graduated in 2019, and I'm also an undergraduate of North Carolina A&T State University. Uh, I got my computer science degree from there. Um, my whole passion is to like just help people win, especially our people. So look, look me up. I'm here to be a resource to you. Y'all right. hear me OK? All right, so RJ Liggins, I'm an account manager with Atalant Services. We are a global leader in engineering and sciences services and talent solutions. Um, I, in particular, support our AC side, specifically with civil, environmental, and structural engineering out of Seattle, Washington. Uh, any West Coasters over here? There we go. A little early for us, but we're getting there. We're getting there. But uh, yeah, so really what my role is is that I partner with civil and environmental engineering firms. Uh, helping them with diagnosing um, different solutions as far as how to get work done, whether that's through supplying engineering consultants or offering engineering services uh, to help them get their projects done. I'm also on the board for our Black, Indigenous, and People of Color Employee Resource Group, uh, which is about a year and a half, a year and a half old right now. So we got a couple members in the house of that group as well. Um, and then before that, I worked at CSL Plasma as an assistant center manager where I was doing a lot of hiring for that. So. Uh, almost nine years now of putting people to work and hiring people. So I feel like I know a thing or two about interviewing and uh, finding good talent. 
Thank you, RJ. And there's plenty of seats up front. If you all do not want to stand, there's literally two empty rows up here if you want to have a seat. In your um, seat, you'll have a handout. In these workshops, you're going to get a ton of information, but I always say for each topic, write down the top two to three things that resonate with you, right? Those things that you want to take as nuggets, keep that with you. And we're going to go through our agenda. So we're going to talk about SMART goals. Who's familiar with SMART goals in here? Get familiar, stay familiar, make sure you keep that with you throughout your career. We're going to talk about what's in a resume. There's an extreme resume writing workshop, so make sure that you attend that while you're here. Researching the job that's for you, interviewing, of course, online presence is very important. And then we're going to talk through networking, and we're going to have a little networking session here. So we'll get started. Who can tell me what SMART goes is and who uses it every day? I think in everything that you do, you should have SMART goals in mind. And what that means is we want you to be specific. What are you looking for in a job, right? People go online and the thing that I say, there's one of the things that you don't do when you're looking for a job is go apply to 200 jobs in one setting and hoping that something sticks, right? And so that's something that I definitely recommend against doing, but just looking for what's specific that you're looking for, measurable goals, um, achievable goals when you're looking at SMART goals, something that's realistic. I do have college graduates applying for vice president and senior vice president roles. Um, not saying that you can't do it, but we have to make sure that we are applying for those roles that are going to be a best fit for us. And then timely. If you're looking for the right job, make sure you're setting timelines for yourself. On today, I'm going to apply for 10 roles. And then next week, I'm going to apply for five more. So make sure you're having that realistic project managing almost. I think it's a full-time job to even look for a job, right? Thank you for shaking your head, Rashad. <laughs> appreciate that. So these are SMART goals. Keep that with you. There's a lot of information online about SMART goals. When I'm interviewing, even I look up SMART goals. When I'm looking for jobs, anything that I do, I actually go by this. Any other comments from you two? All right, guys, online presence. Who has LinkedIn in here? Everybody should raise their hand. Mr. Kevin, it? you don't have LinkedIn? Okay, thank you. All right. But I think a good question as far as LinkedIn and who actually uses it. Good point. Um, and when we say use it, I mean, we also have a mic up here. So who wants to come up and tell us, you know, what do they do on LinkedIn? Clap it up. Okay. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm Michael Aguaje. I'm a grad student at Norfolk State University. And uh, I'm majoring in electronics engineering. So um, I use LinkedIn um, primarily to look for like people who are in the role like I envision the future and the track they took and normally like take the same steps to get to that track. So um, apart from job searching, um, that's what I mostly go on LinkedIn to look for. And the other thing is like, I get to know about companies, like a lot of them and what they do. So yeah, that's fun. And what was your name again? Michael. 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 Talk yeah. to me after this. And I just want to say, you know, just him getting up and having the courage yeah. to like talk first is, is pretty fantastic. So right. thank you for that. Appreciate okay. it, Michael. Yeah. Um, so of course, with your online presence, you know, we're in this data 
age where um, being online actually matters. To see your progression in your career, progression in your academics, uh, your online presence matter. This is where you project your research that you're working on. This projects the projects that you're working on. Um, this also projects the, um, I guess you could say, the potential clients, employees, employers, mentors, uh, sponsors that you can actually like get access to. Um, using your online presence actually opens doors for you. Um, do anybody, can anybody share what other spaces they use their online presence to make some things happen, even as far as your job? So I think that like with the new generation that with the next generation, a lot of people are using social media, TikToks and things like that to actually place that on LinkedIn to talk about different things like training and development. Put something on there about what your company is doing or any type of um, career fairs or anything that's happening. I think those are good tools. And it also shows that you can present to other people. So it kind of shows your little show-off session. So I always say put videos on, definitely on LinkedIn. I agree. I think TikTok is, is everybody is on TikTok right now. And I'm challenging my team and our organization. I'm not saying that it's the right thing to do, but I think that it definitely gets to this generation um, because I even love TikTok and I think it definitely uh, gets people interested in what you're saying. How many people here in this room are good at broadcasting their achievements or recent milestones that they hit? Who here is good at doing that? Nobody, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm that way too, but one of the ways that we can use LinkedIn as well as a way to promote the things that we are currently doing because employers are going to see that. They're going to see when you achieve a licensure or certification. Um, that's your opportunity to really start broadcasting some of the skills that you are obtaining through your training and development so that employers can see that and you can become an attractive candidate for them. Yeah, and organizations as well, because when I think about some of the roles that I've received or been um, just had the opportunity to apply to, some of these people were in my organization, right, or they went to my school or they're in my sorority and I'm reaching out to them and they're more um, apt to respond to you if you have some type of connection. But I also wanna talk about the downside of online presence as well, because as a director, let me tell you, if someone applies to my job, what am I gonna do? Look I'm going to open up. my computer, yeah. I'm going to go check them out on Facebook, and if you've not seen that TikTok where HR is in the room, and then you're on the screen acting a fool, and then you have the person that wasn't invited <laughs> to the party, have any of you seen that, right? Um, and so just make sure that the things that you have public online are something that you want your leader to see, right? And not saying to, to censor yourself, I'm all about being your authentic self, but I will let you know that the the future is here and we can see everything online. And while it's not fair that you're judged by being out at two o'clock in the morning, that's what I see when I'm going to see if you're gonna to come to work the next morning from being out all night the night before. So just think about that when you're doing things online because it's there forever. Yeah. Any other? I'll say share that you're here at Bayer. Yeah. Make sure you do that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next. So we're going to talk about resume writing, and I'm going to see if RJ wants to start us off with some tips on resume writing and tailoring your job. For sure. Okay. So I was an English major in college, so I'm really big on grammar and spelling and things like that, even though I'm probably the worst speller you've ever met in your life. But who here has recently wrote a resume? Okay. Good. 
Oh, wow. That's a lot of people. Okay. Gotcha. So, resume writing. So, how many pages do you typically have your resume? Good question. Sorry, eight. Who said eight? What? <laughs> that would Just be a no. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I saw some ones. I saw some twos. Who here can speak to why that's important to have a kind of succinct and concise resume? Um, it's more so to collect your attention span. You only have so much time mm-hmm. and someone's attention, so you want to be able to capture those key things you want that person to see. So you want to keep it down to a page. Not not eight. Yes. <laughs> and Mario is right. And, and we want to see all of your accomplishments, but your accom- accomplishments can be succinct. If you come with eight pages, you've lost me at 1.5, right? Um, so whatever you've done on page eight, I'm, I'm absolutely not going to get to. And it also looks like you're just doing a whole lot, right? So just make sure that you're tailoring your resume, you're getting with individuals, and you're looking at those examples. Because I'm like copy-paste. If I see a dope resume, I'm going to go and I'm going to download it. I'm going to put my information in there. And that is okay. Because... Jacob doesn't know that that resume came from Susan on LinkedIn, right? Um, he did, probably didn't see Susan's resume. So it's really good to go out, look at a resume that you absolutely love, and just download it and make it your own. Well, chat GBT. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question when it comes to uh, resume. So um, do you think, because right now it, there's summaries and objectives, right? Yes. So do you think they're necessary is my first question. That is a great question. I think that an objective is is necessary. You want that what I call bluff, that bottom line up front, right? This is what I'm looking for. This is who I am. This is why I'm here. It does not have to be super long, but I definitely say an objective is this is what this resume is going to be about. And I can kind of have an overarching view of who you are and what you're looking for absolutely necessary. I was going to say a cover letter. I have not read a cover letter in 10 years. Um, And so not saying that it's something that you don't want to do, but it's not something that I would recommend. But that's a good question. Yeah, I don't believe in cover letters as well. I'm a recruiter, so I'm like, I'm never going to read your cover (laughs) letter, right? But one thing, um, I've been recruiting for 22 years, right? Mm -hmm. Don't guess my age. But (laughs) one thing I wanted to ask, this is my first time ever doing an internal um, position and applying for it. So should I have an internal resume that's different than my external? Do I need an objective if I'm actually applying for a job internally? Yes, I I think so for sure. And when, when we're talking about internal you know the company, you know the buzzwords. And why I say this is like online dating, you're looking for certain things. And if that if that um, job description has what you've done within that organization, put those words in your resume. And I put about the Absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. if you're applying internally to a position, you probably know or understand why that position is open, right? So you can almost use that objective to speak directly to how your skill set is going to solve for the problem or the reason why that position is open in the first place. So you can show that initiative and that you're in tune with what the organization is already doing. And I'd be happy to talk to you more about it. You you have information that other people external do right. not have. So that objective can be used to say, internal candidate who's 
then you know what I mean. So I think that that would be perfect for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and make sure you have all the impact that you made within the organization mm-hmm. over the past 20, like, I mean, of course you have promotions, you highlight those. Mm-hmm. The impact that you made within the recruiting, like how many people you brought in, how many people were interviewed, the conferences that you went to, like make sure all those wins are there. And get Y'all them. are weak late. <laughs> I needed this information last week, but thank you. That's helpful, really. <laughs> thank you. I mean, you can always update the resume and get a better job elsewhere externally. Any other questions on that? Awesome. My name is Dayton Rhymes, and um, I had a question in regarding to when is it no longer relevant to put your academia information on there? When you say academia, you mean just your Your, university? Your college, your GPA, and all that. When is that like, that's not relevant anymore? I think it's always, I I mean, I'm a director and I still have it on my, yeah, I don't think people really per se look for my master's. Yeah, for my master's. I do not have my undergraduate. I think it's the last job, the last degree that you've gotten. But I mean, if you say different, I'm open to differences of opinion. I don't believe in GPA um, if they ask for it, but let's just say, keep it off of your resume until they ask for it. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody agree? Yes. Yeah. Go Uh, ahead. This more goes back to the eight page resume. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say you do for a chance have a long resume. Mm -hmm. What do you guys recommend to those people who have those resumes to shorten that down what methods or how would they highlight what they need to highlight in order to put that on one page well what i would say and for me when you get into your last maybe three jobs you should probably have more detailed information about that if you have 10 jobs prior to that just put the name of the company and the time that you've worked there if it's not relevant to your current role i leave it off completely right um but you can just kind of have that one line item of a job rather than having the job and then 10 bullet points of what you did 25 years ago right so that's what i would recommend yeah um one thing i have on my resume currently um i have like a summary so i don't have an objective i have a summary that pretty much breaks down you know i've been in technology and leadership for the past 15 plus years you know in the space of infrastructure operations support strategy um, and that gives pretty much that overview of, yeah, I've been in the game. While also the positions that I currently have or, you know, past three roles, like she said, um, that highlights a lot of that and confirms it. I would say, too, if you're in the AC space, uh, before going to engineering, I'll support our construction management space. But usually what we would do is we'd have one page because uh, we would have like 20 year superintendents. Right. So we'd have one page with employer, tenure, position. And then the other page is just project list. So that could kind of work as well, just to go talking about what projects specifically tie into the position you're applying for. Uh, if you're in the engineering field, that's another way. I think architects call it portfolio kind yeah. of, um, just a different way that you can highlight a lengthy experience while still having concise information that's gonna be easy for an employer or recruiter to read. Hi, Yusuf, tech recruiter of Southwest Airlines. Um, I have a question for Jacob. Um, since you know in tech it's a little bit different type of resume that sometimes you present or you see uh, as a hiring manager sometimes so what recommendations do you give um to technology candidates when 
you want to review the resume. Typically, the resumes look a little bit different than you know other other resumes. But how would you like to see a resume prioritized when you are presented by um, by your recruiter, that candidate? Okay. Um, so when it comes to me looking at resumes, let's say we're looking at a student. Um, we have students that have no actual work experience. So it will start off with pretty much you know their objective. Then you'll have like projects, projects that you've worked on, classwork. Like let's throw all that in there to ensure that I know that you are pretty much like trying to understand your space, your career, and we'll help you move forward. Um, then of course you got education. Now, education usually I look that look at that last because you know you, you're still a student. Um, but I think uh, being able to project and be able to see that you have worked on certain projects, you worked in certain um, coding languages, um, that, that'll give you like that leg up. Um, if you're somebody that already have that experience, um, put, put that experience up there. Um, make sure you are very using the smart, smart goals. Um, or is this? Mm -hmm. Yes, you're using the smart goals within your job descriptions. Um, that really matters. Um, being able to talk about how technical you are and non-technical, because you know you have those soft skills that's enabled as well. So being able to express those within your resume definitely changes the game and make things 10 times easier for me as a recruiter. I will be recruiting with J.P. Morgan uh, this weekend, so look forward to you. Yeah, and I just want to make a comment on that because I have uh, definitely recruited tech engineers in it's like the software. Make sure that's top of mind. What software you're familiar with, what language you're familiar with, that needs to be right up there. Because we know if we're looking for SQL, we know if we're looking for CAT, that's important for us. And we're not going to go any further if we don't see that language, right? And so I think that that's important. He definitely mentioned projects, especially for college students, what projects you've worked on, organizations. If you've gone to like some tech conferences, those are important. What are you doing to make sure that you are being familiar with the field that you're trying to get into and the technology that you're trying that um, that we look we're looking for? Yeah, I forgot that part. <laughs> That's why she's here. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we ask a question? Okay. Did cool. Today, Fraser Hi, Doctor. Hi. How are you? Good. I just got my um, doctoral degree. So I'm currently um, like restyling my resume and um, figuring out what to keep and what to throw away. So what would you all say that are your most important things that you put on your resume to, um, I guess, stand out or either um, like as you've gotten farther in your career, or in your matriculation um, to keep basically? I was going uh, uh, Sure, yeah, I think we kind of mentioned it earlier as far as um, I think with the internal uh, resume that we were talking about earlier, I think what employers are looking for the most is, uh, and this goes into interviewing later, it's going to be not necessarily the hypothetical of what you can do, but what have you done, yeah. right? So putting information as far as, you know, uh, when I was working at in this program, uh, we were working on this project, and the impact of that was that we... Uh, discovered a cure for, you know, 25 patients or something like that. Terrible example, but I'll make it off the top of my head. But, like, basically that's what I'm getting at, where it's, like, they're going to be looking for uh, quantifiable and qualifiable qualities in your resume to say that you've done this for X amount of years, utilizing this software for X amount of hours, um, being able to kind of figure out what your skill set is. 
based on those uh, Q and Q uh, aspects that are on your resume. And I just want to piggyback off of that. And when, when you talk about, when I look at a job description, whatever you might be looking for in your role and as far as being a doctor, what's on that job description that you have experience and what can you utilize? So if they say they want so many years of experience in such and such, is that on your resume? Is that in your job description? You may have done it for two or three months, but you have experience doing that exact same thing. And so when I'm comparing resumes, I'm looking for those buzzwords. And I think that everyone in here needs to write down buzzwords. The job description has what the manager is looking for. And if your resume has 70% of that, 60%, then you're a qualified candidate. Some people think you have to have, especially women, we think we have to have 100% of what the job description says. <laughs> and no offense to men, but they see they have 20% and they're going to go and they're going to apply for it, right? Because they shot. feel like they're qualified. <laughs> it's just statistically proven, right? <laughs> um, and so I just say... Apply for the role, even if you have 50% of what's on the job description, but make sure that 50% is reflected in your resume. And we can talk through the rest, right? Because every company is different. You're going to have to learn the company's uh, values. You're going to have to learn the way of the company, their programs. But whatever you have on that job description, put it in your resume. And don't neglect the soft skills. Yes, please don't. That's more important. Stay relevant, but don't neglect your soft skills. Agreed. Thank you, and congratulations. Hello, my name is Alexis Martin. I work at J.P. Morgan. Yep. Um, <laughs> my question is, if you're doing a resume for someone that's trying to break into tech, like, what would you advise on how to, like, make those transferable skills and kind of highlight a different background and make it relevant? That's a good question. And I'm also going to say we're going to talk about that in networking because okay. you can do a lot with, with people you know. But if you all have any questions, any answers to that. I mean, like I said before, it starts with the soft skills and now seeing how you can transfer that over to the tech space. Because um, if you're in the process of studying for, let's say, someone wants to get into cloud, you're studying for AWS cert or Azure cert. Um, it's just like school. You can look up apprenticeships, like, like you can look up random programs that will allow you to now get your foot in. And obviously, like you said, we're going to be talking about networking. So networking definitely changes a whole lot. I think we'll be talking about networking more than anything else. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I would add is references, like having somebody that is an industry professional that might have a time to where you're applying being able to speak on your behalf is going to say more than any piece of paper can. Mm -hmm. So a letter of recommendation or even just the contact info for a reference goes a long way. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Miani McDonald, and I'm a current student at the University of Toledo. And I'm interested in looking for co-ops and internships. And I was wondering, is it important to include my education as a college student currently on my resume? Absolutely. Um, a lot of organizations, that's the first thing that you know we're looking at. You're a college student, so always put that on your resume, especially when you're looking for internships. When I think about internships, and I'm just going to say this because I hire interns and you all are near and dear to my heart, right? What are you looking to do? What companies are you looking to work for? We have interns like, the, has anyone heard of En-ROADS? 
Yeah, you know, if if you're finding a if you're finding it hard to find an internship, go look for organizations who specifically work with people of color, people from underrepresented groups. They look for jobs for you. And then their goal is to get you the job because they're getting paid to get you the job. Um, so when we think about internships, they're out there, but there are some organizations who specifically work with students to get internships. You want to name a couple? I, I know, I know. Uh, so you, you already said in Rhodes, yes. uh, Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, look them up. Um, Nesby don't look, technically look for jobs for you, but they have a job board that will help you out. Um, United Negro College Fund, mm-hmm. um, MLT. Uh, let me remember what. He'll give you the name for MLT. I think it's Management Leadership of Tomorrow. Yep. So find those organizations. Yeah. But yes, make sure you put your education on there. Whatever you're working towards needs to be on your resume. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Mason Thomas. Um, I actually work with RJ with Actlin. Uh, I don't have a question, but I, I do want to just share a, a quick nugget with a lot of the students or anyone just looking for a job. Um, on two points ago, we talked about what are we highlighting on our resume. Um, I think it's it's important to tailor resumes to the jobs you're, you're, you're searching for, right? So um, you may have a few different types of jobs you're going after, and they may look a tad bit different, but it's okay to build a resume for each one. Um, I tell my folks to do a highlighter test is what I call it. I take a job description, and then I take my resume, and I highlight the top qualifications or skills needed on the job description, and I and if I don't see those things highlighted in my resume, I need to make sure that they're there, right? If I have those skills. Um, if it's at the bottom of my resume, I need to add it to the top of the, the bullet points for that job specifically. Um, because like we started off originally, not calling managers or HR lazy, but no one's gonna read all the way down to the bottom of every single job that you had on every single page. So you wanna hi- make sure you pass that highlighter test and add it to the top. Yeah, and that's a good point, Mason. And just to kind of give you some internal, you know, view of what we see in HR, you know, we ha- we get the highlighted version, right? We get the highlighted buzzwords the, just to make sure that it's a match in any way. Um, so I, you may not have worked in recruiting, but that's just kind of a part of our systems. And that's how we a lot of times match candidates to job opportunities. So really good point. Any other thoughts before we move on to talking through research? Um, let's get a few more hands, Susan. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to respond to the student here with the, the internship. So one of the things I would recommend, and even it's not just Can you students. introduce yourself for us? Yeah, Chris Chris Jock. I'm also with Actlant awesome. crew here. Um, from my experience, I think um, aside from the recommendations you mentioned as far as seeking out those, those organizations, I would encourage joining and actively participating in whatever your professional uh, line of businesses. So I'm a chemist, so American Chemical Society, and there's very active programs in all of those associations. If you're an engineer, same thing with the engineers, where they are actively seeking out and they have programs to encourage underrepresented groups, and they will look for and actively help you find those internships on your behalf. So there's a great effort, a lot of effort in those areas. So I would recommend, if you're not, student or otherwise, to become a member 
of an American Chemical Society or the equivalent for the engineers or the computer sciences, because those are great resources as well. And I think it ties into probably this later topic around networking as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Jody Jackson. I'm with the Department of the Army. And just to speak to the, the, the person who was talking about the internship, um, the federal government um, also has a uh, internship program. And if you would look up um, the Pathway program, um, that is a definitely excellent tool that you can use um, that, um, you know, you might you may start out at the, uh, the GS, um, GS5, 7 level. Um, but there, we are definitely um, looking for, especially for those who don't want to uh, always look in the pu pu public sector, but the federal sector um, is a good opportunity for uh, skill sets that you may have. I agree. Thank you for your service and thank you for speaking. Hi, I'm Faye Seymour. I'm with the U.S. Army as well. Um, I just wanted to address the person who talked about transferable skills um, because I started out in telecommunications and then when the telecommunications industry, um, you know, went on a decline, I had to tailor my resume, change it up to use my skills rather than the industry. And um, I was a systems engineer there. And I moved from there into banking um, with doing requirements writing for prepaid cards. And from there, I moved to um, being first a government contractor and then a civilian, but focusing on the systems engineering skills rather than the industries. So if you have a particular skill set and you want to move with it, focus on that and um, displaying that in your resume, you know, highlighting that. I agree. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Shanija Fields. I'm also with the Department of um, defense. I know there were some questions in regards to the length of resumes, but I wanted to put the information out um, regarding the federal sector. Um, those resumes are more descriptive and um, lengthy. So um, as opposed to private sectors, um, the one and two pages may not cut it for the federal sector. You may want to extend those um, resumes out to be um, five pages or more. Um, they have to be more descriptive because um, a computer identifies you first before it gets to a higher authority. Um, I often come into a, um, a certain times where um, people may apply for federal jobs, but they do not get to the next stage because of those one to two page resumes. So if you are interested in the federal sector, just be more descriptive in which you do and your work um, criteria. That is definitely a good nugget. So thank you for that. 
All right. If we don't have any other questions, all really good questions. And like I said, we, you know, I've worked in the private sector. I've also worked in DOD. I know as far as the government is concerned, you know, some of those resumes are long. We have translators to try to figure out what some of our military resumes look like and how that translates to civilian um, roles. So we really appreciate all of the information that we're getting today. And I hope you all are writing that down. Um, we're going to go through and talk through research. Who loves research? I think it's of utmost importance when you are looking for your next role, researching companies, job opportunities, what the culture looks like. So RJ, talk about how important research is in looking for your next role. For sure. So talked about LinkedIn earlier, right? We talked about online presence, talked about just the availability of information out there. So how many of you guys, do you guys kind of know the difference between a job versus a career? Like, I'm sure I don't got to dive into that, right? So what kind of things are you looking for when you're researching, when you're looking for a career versus a job? Hi, my name is Kayla Clay. Um, looking for a job versus a career. In terms of a career, I'm looking at how I can grow, not only in this company, I can help you, that's great, but also how can this help me? So just making sure that I can come in, provide uh, insight and help you guys out, but also will I be able to grow as a person? Kayla, is there a name? Yes. Perfect. I do what you call org surfing. Are there people in the org that look like me in leadership roles, right? Am I going to be able to move up the, the leadership chain in this organization? So that's the answer I was looking for. I think it is just so important for you to know what the culture is like if they're promoting um, you know, diverse candidates into leadership. Am I going to have that opportunity that I'm looking for in the next five to 10 years? So really great answer. So do you guys know where to go to find out that information? sources that you can look at? Where, where are some places you can look at to get some of that information, get insight on that? Glassdoor was one of the, the names that were called out. Of course, LinkedIn, company website, USA Jobs, absolutely. Networking, talking to individuals who work for that company. Just putting in the job name online or manager, VP, right? Their annual report. I ha do you guys go and look at their annual report? I look at every company's annual report. It tells you the percentage of diversity they have in the organization, the percentage of veterans, what they're doing with their ERGs. And if a company doesn't have an annual report, I don't want to work. <laughs> no offense to him. Other thoughts on research. What are your top five companies? I'm drive by companies every day in my job. I'm like, you know, top five. I want to be five minutes away from my job so I can roll out of bed and just walk into the office, right? So things like that you want to consider. Absolutely. Work-life balance. It's important. I was going to say, yeah, the question you got to always ask yourself when looking for a job is what's going to be the main deciding factor for me making a move? So that could be compensation, could be benefits, could be commute, like you were mentioning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are some other examples of what goes into decision making when, when trying to figure out that next job? What, what did they support? Mm -hmm. what, what type of, is it aligned with my values as well? Yeah. Uh, so I looked up at their social media, their, their charities that they support. If there's something there that doesn't align with my values, it doesn't matter how much money they offer me, I'm not going to do it. It's just something to keep in mind. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. 
And no money compares to how you feel about getting up and going to work every day, right? I mean, sort of, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about my peace of mind. Yeah. But I talk to my manager every other week, and I'm like, I'm all about my peace of mind. It's true. So. Good comment. Thank you for that. Any, any other comments? But these jobs right now, you know, the market is good. Make sure that you're looking for the company. What's go- what, what are you going to be proud about having on your resume? That's what I look at. People are like, oh, you've worked for Lockheed. That's what I look at when I look for opportunities. Am I going to be proud to say that I've worked for this organization? Are people going to walk up to me and say, oh, you work for Micron. I, that's a really great company. Or, oh, you work for Lockheed Martin. That's a good company. Or Hewlett Packard. So those are the things that I consider of course, work-life balance, pay, benefits, all of that good stuff um, when you're considering opportunities. Mm-hmm. Paying for uh, conferences. Yes. <laughs> Paying all for that. me to come to Bayer is another one. <laughs> I also just want to make a note that throughout your life, your priorities change. When you're mm-hmm. young, you're looking at this, and this is what you want in a career versus later on in your career, Something might happen, you might get kids, and you're like, you know what, I don't need to work late anymore, I need to do this. Um, and then what you were also mentioning about different uh, companies, are you proud to work there? One thing that I look at is, at a bigger company, you might have less of an opportunity to shine and have more opportunity to do different things. At a smaller company, you might have the ability to be more autonomous and do anything. So if you're looking to stretch your career in different ways that you thought before, smaller company might be better than a larger company. I completely agree. At smaller companies, you get a breadth of experience. You will probably be pigeonholed at a larger company, which is fine. Something I love what I do. Um, but at, at smaller companies, you're here, you're there. They want you to recruit. They want you to do HR. So that's a really good point. All right, let's head over to interviewing. And so we want to talk a little bit more about interviewing because this is basically the key to getting the job. So, Jacob, want to talk about interviewing? Start us off. Um, I was talking to RJ earlier, and, and, you know, I told him, just be your authentic self. Um, You don't have no time to, yes, you're here to show off and be the best that you can be, um, but don't be somebody else. You want to be able to you want to be able to walk there and someone's like, yes, I have met, you know, Jacob, Jacob. I left this room knowing Jacob. Um, and through that, that's when you'll be able to approach them. First question, usually that interview is asked is, you know, tell me about yourself. Be able to tell them things that are relevant to what you're doing and uh, where what you're trying to get. So if you're trying to interview for a certain role, make sure your story is aligned with that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when I do my interviews and people ask me to tell them about myself, you know, technology started in high school. You know, I got my first certification my freshman year in high school. And from there, I got my first internship my junior year, being able to get exposed to things like the World Bank and, you know, working in the technology space there, majoring in computer science. And I mean, that, I'm, it's, that, that's so, that's a condensed version, but obviously I speak more to it. But I get very specific where the goal is to answer questions before they even ask me. So it's a situation where they know my story, um, they know how I deal with teams, they know the uh, technologies that I worked with, they know my accomplishments, they know the uh, failures that I've had, and they also see how I actually overcame, overcame a lot of these uh, challenges. Um, that's yeah. what I'm gonna start with. 
and also the star method. Raise your hand if you know the star method. I cannot tell you how many times I ask a question and 30 minutes later, I'm trying to interrupt that person, right, um, to get back on topic. So look up the STAR method, and that'll tell you that we want to learn about the situation, the task, the action, and results. And that should take you a good three to five minutes. I agree you should be your authentic self, but you are to come prepared. Know what the job is about. Know what the company is about. What are their stock prices? Notice your stock prices are a little low today. You know, can you talk to me a little bit about that? We want to know that you know what Micron technology is, what our products are, Right. What do we manufacture? Why are we important in the industry? So it all ties into research, networking and just knowing the job that you are um, interviewing for. So look at that star method and make sure you follow that when you're interviewing. Raise your hand if you practice your interviews before going in. In front of a camera. That's good. Okay. (laughs) I I usually just do it driving around personally, but yes, camera works too. Um, why, Why is that important? Why is it important to actually practice what your answers are going to be? Hi, I'm Leard Bell, Aerospace Corporation. Um, a lot of managers have certain questions that they ask, and some of them are kind of similar. And so if you have what I would say a canned 10-question answer, it would probably help you to come off the top smooth, communicate well, that you have thought about this and that you're prepared. Yeah. I agree. And go ahead, Arthur. Oh, no, I was going to say that last part is really, I think, what I was going to hit on is the preparation part. Because when you come into an interview, interviewers want to see that you're taking their time seriously because they could be interviewing anybody else, right? But if you come in with your preparation, knowing what the company does, what that need is, and then how does your experience align to that, and you rehearse it so it does come off smooth and like you have put in thought into it, that's really what's going to win the interview more than anything else, right? Like I said, before I go into any meeting, I'll drive to the meeting. Even before I came in here, I was trying to like just say out loud what I might say. Just practice it just so I can hear it and understand like what inflections do I need to use? Can I maybe put an anecdote in here? Where can I maybe insert some humor into here? That way you can be your authentic self and really shine in that interview and distinguish yourself from, you know, the 50 other resumes that they're going to be looking at throughout the day. And I want to say that he made a good point about a lot of managers ask the same questions because we do like there's a script, right? And if you have a good relationship with the recruiter, a question to ask the recruiter, what are some of the questions I have to look forward to during this interview? The recruiter wants you to get the job because they want to close out the requisition, right? Susan. (laughs) Yeah. So ask the recruiter what questions the manager may ask, and they'll probably give you every single question that you're looking for, at least give you an idea of what to prepare for. Uh, hi, I'm Tommy from Northrop Grumman. Um, also, I would like to add that um, if you're interviewing, you want to speak to what's on your resume, not just you know what they're asking you. So, thank you. Right. Uh, Kevin Wheatley, um, work for the Department of Defense. Um, like you had written on the page right there, it talks about common interview questions, and a lot of times what I've seen is that. There's really competencies that they're looking for based on how you answer those questions. So could you talk to how to use the STAR method to be able to uh, demonstrate the behaviors that they're really trying to pick up on? So for me, if I am asking about how you ramped up and hired a large amount of candidates at one time, 
So you tell me the situation. So I needed 100 engineers and the manager wanted it in a 60-day period, right? The task. I had to hire three more engineers, go to an RPO. I had to get some contractors to come in. What are the actions we did? We held a mass interviewing session, right? So we actually um, networked. We put it out there in the community. We're having a job fair. We need 100 engineers. And then the results. So we interviewed 500 engineers, and we hired 100 of them, and then the project was done in 60 days. Also talk about the fact that it may have failed. Yeah. We only... 70 engineers and how did you compensate for that right and so we talked to the leader this is what we could have done differently we did a session we debriefed it and we went back and the 30 engineers were hired late but we still got them on board quick these are the actions these are the results does that help out perfect i would also add one more thing to that make sure you try to speak from a place of i speak from what you have done right so that you can get more specific into what your role was in that. That way they could get a better understanding of just what your thought process was, how you went about delivering on that, and how the results impacted you individually. Morning. Uh, my name is Adolfo Deon. Uh, I work for the Boeing company. Uh, my question goes to being your authentic self. Uh, I'm dating myself a little bit, but when I first interviewed many years ago, the, the conversation felt very relaxed, very comfortable. Uh, since things have moved to a more structured uh, interview type thing that at least for me feels constricting and like there's not a whole lot of room to let myself be that authentic self that you're describing. Could you give me some pointers on how to be that authentic self within a structured interview? So, so I'll say this. Um, it's a really good question, right? Yeah. And if their interview style is structured, then you, right. you kind of have to tailor your interview style to that. I don't know how not to be goofy sometimes, right? It's going to come through no matter what. Um, and that, to me, is being my authentic self. And so I don't know what that means for you. But what I am saying is don't interview as someone you are not, right? If you want to say something, and I'm not saying just be off the cuff. But just let your personality shine through when you're interviewing, whatever that looks like. I, I like to make jokes. I don't like to sit and have rigid interviews. If you don't like that, then that's probably not the job for me. But there's also a time where you have to kind of read the room. And if that person's not laughing, then you're probably just doing a little bit much, right? So <laughs> yeah. you kind of have to look at it that way and figure out who you're talking to. But it's a good question. Yeah. And if you're in a space where you're being interviewed that way, Remember, you're also interviewing them as well. Absolutely. Um, so you'll figure out if that's like a space that you want to be in because that's how you be interviewed. That might be how your job's going to be. Um, so just to keep in mind. Um, hi, my name is Toriano Thomas. Um, I'm a graduate student in electronics engineering at Norfolk State University. And I hope I'm not getting too far ahead of us, but um, my question is about salary. So if the question of salary comes up, and um, you know, you're asked what your expected salary is. How do you negotiate not lowballing yourself, but not going over, yeah. you know, way way too high for a million off the rip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this kind of goes back to our previous slide about research, right? So a lot of times, at least in the state of Washington, it's required for salaries to be posted now on all job postings, but. Um, that is something to look at at Glassdoor. They're usually really good about having salary information. 
Um, if you're working with a recruiter or a recruiting service, I know our company does a really good job of having up-to-date salary expectations depending on what your skill set range is. So don't be afraid to get curious and ask around like, hey, like, or if you have networking, if you have somebody that's in a similar job that you're trying to apply for, just straight up ask them like, hey, like, what should be a reasonable expectation for me coming into this role? Um, I think really the big takeaway with this breakout session is preparation. Like the more prepared you are for that situation, the better off you're going to be, the more comfortable you're going to be, and the more confident you're going to be having those kind of situations. And, and that's all about knowing yourself as well. So if I'm sitting in a job and I know and I feel like I'm underpaid, I'm not being paid enough. So don't give a number that you think they're going to be okay with. Just hold that back and say, hey, what what does the salary range look yeah. like for you? And does that work for you? If it doesn't, probably not the right job. Or you wait until they give you that offer and say, well, I was looking for this if, it, if it's more, right? So don't give away that so you don't want to feel like you're lowballing because you'll be like, I want 80 grand. And they're like, oh, well, we could have gone up to 100 and you're at work like kicking yourself like I could have been making $100,000. So that's my advice. Don't go in with the number. Just kind of ask them that and then kind of play it backwards. And always negotiate. Always. Always. They are starting to add job yeah. ranges. A lot of companies are being more transparent about those ranges. Some states require it for sure. So, go, uh, hi, my name is Martha Jimenez. I work for Actlant Services and been with the um, hiring and staffing industry for almost 12 years. And I've interviewed for several inter internal jobs um, in this last 12 years. And something that's helped me quite a bit is instead of focusing so much on the questions is really looking at the competencies of the job instead and really having um, two examples of stories I can tell that will um, share my accomplishments with those within those competencies. And so, for example, if I'm going for a leadership role, leadership is obviously a question they're going to ask me about, right? So making sure I have two stories where I've showed leadership skills and I've achieved something in that area or maybe it's the ability to be... Um, I don't know, the communication skills, right, where I've been able to communicate effectively. So I have kind of like those top uh, areas, two examples per each, and then I practice how I deliver those using the STAR method. And that's worked really, really well for me as opposed to thinking of 10 questions that they're going to ask me because you never know quite what they're going to ask, right? Yeah. Um, and then for the gentleman about being authentic self, I think one of the things that also has helped me with a structured interview is figuring out a way where you can share your story. Um, so it, maybe it's it's more about when they ask you, tell me about yourself. Well, maybe that's my opportunity to say, here's everything that, here's my background, right? Here's where I come from. Here are the things I like to do, my hobbies. Um, so if you feel a little bit more constricted where you maybe can't share that as much during the process of the interview, you can still share what you like to do and what you're like outside of work in general. That's that's really good advice. And so we're going to take a couple of more comments before we move into our networking piece. Kevin, we're going to come to you and go ahead. Hi, um, Thank my name you. is Anna Walker. I'm a technology sourcing recruiter focusing on architecture and cybersecurity. Um, just on interview prep, one thing that I always suggest is sometimes when you apply, there's an option to save the job description. Um, so if you can't do that, maybe copy and paste it into a PDF or Word document. 
Um, I have a lot of candidates that I might be their fourth, fifth interview of the day. Um, so when strategically applying, also just make sure that you can prep by maybe reading the job description as well. Um, especially that'll help with the, we post our salaries on our jobs. Um, so that can help with, you know, what to ask for when you get your salary expectations. You've already looked at it, you've reviewed it. Um, and then you can kind of speak to, uh, especially during an interview, asking the hiring manager. I mean, you're interviewing them as well. So um, asking specifics about the job competencies and, uh, you know, expectations to make sure it aligns with what you're looking for too. So just my little nugget, sorry. Thank you. No apologies. Uh, Kevin Anderson, I'm also with Actalent. I just wanted to go back to something that you said, Jacob, and make sure we highlight it. Jacob, earlier you said, uh, an interview is a time to show off, right? Um, and I just feel like that's an underutilized skill uh, in, in an interview because we're kind of taught by nature to be humble. Um, but in an interview, you're talking about a topic that no one knows better than you. You're talking about you. So it's very important. I mean, you, you don't want to borderline on arrogance or anything like that. And you want to speak, like RJ said, to, to what you've done as opposed to what a group did. But you do want to be able to show off in an interview. You do want to let them know that, hey, if you pass on me, this is what you're going to be missing. And that goes double for an internal interview. Because the tendency is to think that, well, I wouldn't be sitting here in this chair if they didn't know who I am and things like that. But in an, in, in an internal interview, in my opinion, what they want to know is, can you articulate what you have done so that you can pull somebody else up? So keep that in mind. Thanks, Kev. Thank you. Kevin, and I just want to say I started um, in this game with Kevin, so I'm just like it's a full circle moment to be here with him because he definitely believed in me um, when I started in this HR. And my chief diversity officer is here, Fran Dillard. Can you wave your hand for me? Say hello. <laughs> so she's um, chief diversity officer for Micron. So just thank you for being here. But we are going to get into our networking. Uh, I was going. Oh add. gosh, Jacob wants to add something. All right. So as far as interviewing, so we talked about pre-interview, the interview. Now we got to talk about post. Send a follow-up email. Mm -hmm. You can get fancy and do a written uh, letter. Whatever you want to do, make sure you follow up. Thank them for the interview and see what's going on. Ooh, also, ask a question. You always got to ask a question. I can give y'all a question y'all can ask. Um, what can I help to clarify that will make hiring me an easy decision? Ooh, that's a good one. Write it down. <laughs> good. Get that. That's a good my, my, my mentees eat that up all the time like that that was yeah yeah um that'll make your life easy um it'll, it'll really get the interviewer to be like oh he's really about this and it also prepare prepare you for maybe other interviews or other roles so wait right, i'm done that's a good nugget Gotcha. All right, gotcha. so we're going to get into our networking session. What we want you all to do before you leave here is we have 15 minutes. They're giving us that you have 15 minutes. I want you to talk to five people who you do not know and connect with them on LinkedIn. Ask them their name. It could be quick. You don't have to know their life story. You can know their life story if you want to, but talk to five people and say, hey, what's your name? Who do you work for? I'm going to connect with you on LinkedIn. My name is Shona Price. Um, I work for Micron Technology, Director of Talent Acquisition. So make sure you connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and I always answer my emails as best as I can. Um, but just know that it's just the place where you want to network. I have not had to look for my last four jobs. It's like, hey, I have this opportunity. 
I need you to pay attention to it. At least do like a call with me or something. That's the level of networking you really want to get to, right? Um, so can we just take the next five to 10 minutes before we close out the session so that you all can connect with five people? All right. I just want to say thank you all. I hope that you connected with some pretty awesome individuals today. Make sure you take our names down, connect with us on LinkedIn, and reach out. And we're going to reach back out to you. So I just want to say that everyone in here is amazing. There is something that I wanted to leave as a quote that I go by. And you hear a lot of the finding yourself. And my favorite quote is, life isn't about finding yourself. It's about creating yourself. So who do you want to be? Who do you want people to see you as? And let's get to that, okay? So thank you all for coming and have a great rest of the conference. Enjoy. Thank you.